everybody. Glad to have you with us alongside Seth Goldberg. I'm Stephen Fonte. It's a Monday edition of Orange Nation. We are brought to you in part by Dunn Tire. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to get involved. We have one guest lined up for you today, and it's a big guest, uh, given what's going on with SU basketball in the last week or so. Alan Griffin, SU assistant coach, set to join us here at 1215 to... Uh, I don't know, maybe shed some light on this Darius Baisley situation. We have heard from Jim Beheim. He's done several national interviews over the course of the last 24 to 48 hours uh, down at the Final Four. We heard him this morning, Seth, on Golick and Wingo on ESPN, and he was asked about that right towards the end of the interview, and then he talked for about three minutes about Darius Baisley in the G League and the NBA and the fact that he doesn't think this is necessarily going to be a trend anytime soon. I tend to agree with him, by the way. Yeah, I, I mean, I think at some point it might become a trend. I, I don't know that this is the time for it to start. And remember, we had Mike McAllister on on Friday, and he said, you know, recruiting people didn't think this was going to happen for another three, four, five years. So it may be a little ways off to becoming a trend. Uh, but I, I think it'll happen a little bit more in the future. It, it A lot of it, though, depends, doesn't it, on the G League and and the NBA and what they want to do and and how they want to mold their league and how they want to build their league if they want the G League to be a viable alternative to college for these one and dones and for some of these people I'm sure it can be uh but the question is does the NBA want that right now and let's be honest Seth a lot depends on whether or not this works out for Darius Baisley right i mean he is the test case if i'm a high school junior oh yeah Or high school sophomore, and I'm a stud recruit, I'm going to be paying attention to this and whether or not it works out. And we discussed all the reasons on Friday why it may not work out. And yes, there are are certainly reasons to go, and I get that. He, He has money in his pocket. He can hire an agent. He can do endorsements. You know all that stuff. He can he can be a professional basketball player. He doesn't have to worry about going to class if college isn't his thing. You know this is this is one way to go. I understand the reasons. On the pro side, on the con side, and we talked about him at length on Friday, he's that team's property for a year, and then he's thrown into the NBA draft. So whatever franchise owns that, you know, or works with that that G League team, there's no motivation to develop him. There's no motivation to play him. There's no motivation to work with him beyond, you know, working with him in practice. And, you know, he gets his whatever it is, 15 minutes a game. I don't know how much he's going to get, but again, right. we That's talked about this on question. Friday, that if you're going to... If you're deciding between, am I going to give Darius Baisley time or this 23-year-old time who you know we're trying to develop and, and may be part of the organization down the road, you're going to go with the guy who's part of your organization. You're not going to give Darius Baisley extra time. So I think there it, it's, it's a fascinating situation. It is a test case. You say that a lot depends on if the G League becomes a viable option, if the NBA wants it to be. I think a lot depends on if Darius Baisley succeeds. If he ends up going in the top 10 next year, okay, then it worked. What if he right. doesn't, though? What if he goes you know, very late first round or slips into the second round or if he struggles this year and his stock plummets, then what? Then I don't think it's going to be a viable option anytime soon. Yeah, I think it's a combination of those two things. If he does well, right, if he performs well and he, he plays you know, well enough to 
keep getting to, to get drafted in the what? What do we think he'll get drafted as of right now? What? Maybe top ten, top fifteen. Well, if again, he's, if you M, look if at, he comes to Syracuse. If you look at the projections, even prior to when this decision was made, he was he was considered a lottery pick by many. You know, ten through sixteen. If he falls later than if he falls into the twenties or beyond, then I you know, I think it's fair to say it, it it worked against him. His stock dropped because of that. Now, you know, there's a, a year to go until next year's draft and he's gonna have a whole season to play and you know, he'll be able to go through the combine and theoretically, I would assume I mean, we've never seen this before, I would assume he right. would be allowed to go through the combine. Um and and you know, we'll we'll see if his stock goes up or down. I just think this is a huge risk because you know what you're getting if you go to college, and, and certainly if he comes here, he knows the playing times here. He knows Syracuse is going to be good. You know he's going to average, you know whatever it is, 15 plus points a game, and you know seven, eight rebounds per game, and and he's going to be able to do his thing. If he goes to the G League, time's going to be hard to to come by, and he's going to be going up against grown men, and he plays a physical position. Is he going to be able to handle that? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, is an 18 year old going to be able to stay on the court with 25 year olds? It's a question to ask. You know, is a G League team going to care uh, about some kid that they're not going to have next year? And not only they aren't going to have, but that their parent organization is not guaranteed to have next year. I don't know. Uh, you know, it, it is d- doesn't matter. Is it going to work next year? Is he going to fall? Is are are, are enough NBA eyes going to be on him over the course of this season? I don't know the answer to any of these things, and I think that's why it's such an interesting, uh, you know, back and forth and, and an interesting discussion to really talk about. Is it going to be the future? I don't know. And, I, and I would I think say that, this. Again, like you said, it depends on Baisley, and it depends on what he does, and it depends on, on the league and what they do. I, I would say this. Uh, I think it's still going to be the exception and not the rule for the time being. I'm not saying he's going to be the only one in the next couple of years to do this. I think guys would be motivated to go to the G League, maybe for financial reasons. You know, if if they're in a situation where you know they need to take care of their family and they need to make money right away, maybe academic reasons. Um, I think I think there are several reasons that you know we would call extenuating circumstances that may lead them down that path. But I still think it's going to be the exception and not the rule. That we might see a few guys here and there, but. You know, I and I agree with Jim Beheim, and we'll get to some of his comments from from Golik and Wingo uh, as the show moves along. Um, you know, he said that it's G League is not a better option than college. I agree. I could not agree with him more. Yeah, I, I think he's at this point. I I totally agree with him. I, I think he's absolutely right. I, I don't think the G League is a better option. Uh, you know, you say extenuating circumstances. Uh, you know, is is the twenty six thousand dollar paycheck? You know enough? No, or, or it's in not. That, but that's in that not case, all it is, no, as you no, know. But but in that case, wouldn't you? Isn't it more lucrative to go overseas? Is it more lucrative to play in Spain or Italy, like Brandon Jennings or Australia or, or something like that? I don't know. Like, I, and, and again, these are all things that I I just don't know the answer. But again, to. this isn't about twenty six thousand dollars. I mean, that's the salary he will make. He will sign with an agent. You would assume theoretically he'll get a signing bonus. He would then be allowed, you know, to have endorsements and whether that's a shoe deal or commercials or whatever the case may be, he's going to make more than $26,000. And and I know that's a far cry from some of the, you know, the money that they're giving players overseas, but maybe this works best for him. I mean, the kid's 17 years old right now. You know, he turns 18 over the summer, turns 18 in June. So he's He's 17 years old right now. Maybe he doesn't want to go overseas. And this is an option to make money. And again, sign with an agent, signing bonus, whatever the case may be. This is about more than $26,000. 
I also think it's about more than money, or at least that's that's what too. he's making it out to be, that this is about more than money. He thinks that this is the best option for him to achieve his career goal, which is to play in the NBA. And he thinks this is better for him than going to college. I, I tend to disagree, especially when we lay it all out there and we, we you know weigh the pros and cons. I think this is much more of a risk than he's allowing himself to believe or at least allowing himself to talk about. Yeah, look, I, I think it's a risk, and I, I thought the risk was there Thursday and Friday. And, and, you know, the more you think about it, the more the more risk and the more doubt creeps into your mind about this. And, and I can't, you know, I, I can't say that I, I feel better about, you know, if I were in his shoes, I, I can't say I feel better about the decision now than I did when I heard it on Thursday. I was like, hey, good for him. You know, give it a shot. See what happens. I mean, there's. it feels like there's so much risk involved just because of all those questions that you don't know. And you say that college is the, the safer bet. It, it is because it's what we know, right? Like, we know that if you show up at Syracuse, if you show up at Duke, if you show up at Kentucky or Arizona and do what is expected of you, you're going to go in the lottery, right? Like, that. that's what we know. If you are highly touted in high school— and you show up at college and do what you're supposed to do, you're golden. Chris you're McCullough came here and, and tore didn't his ACL. Do what he was supposed he didn't, to do. Right, didn't come close to you know living up to the expectations for a variety of reasons. But you know he tears his ACL. He was he still went in the first round. So it, this is the much safer route to go is to go to college and you know to play against kids your age and. You know, to play in the NCAA tournament, and you know, Syracuse is going to have a good team next year. And again, it's the situation here is everything you could ask for if you're Darius Baisley. Um, but he's passing that up. He's going to make some money, and he's going to do something that's never been done before. Let's get a quick comment in from Jim Beham, then we'll get back to his thoughts after we get to Alan Griffin. But this is Jim Beham earlier today on Golik and Wingo on ESPN Radio. The last 48 McDonald's All American, 47 of them went to college. <laughs> And of the next 48, 48 will go to college. That's the best route. Trey Young's the best example. If he came out last year, he's a 30th pick in the draft. Maybe. He goes to college, he's at worst in the top 10 because college helps you. I, I don't understand why everybody, everybody doesn't say and see. College really helps. Even if you're there one year, it helps you get better and if you're really good it gives you a platform terrific example using trey young Uh, you know i don't know if i totally buy the next 48 will definitely go to college because again i think and if this works out for darius baisley i think guys might be tempted and there might be extenuating circumstances with whether it's academics or financial reasons or family reasons or whatever the case may be there might be reasons guys decide you know college isn't the best thing for me i need to go out and make some money right away um so i'm not sure it's a lock that the next 48 are all going to go to college but i agree 100 percent with his point and i thought that you know trey young is a perfect example. Yeah, Trey Young's a great example. To the 48 number, uh, I, the 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 immediate thing that jumped into my mind was there are, t- what, 12 players on each roster? It's the next one, two years. It's the next two years of All-Americans, and my m- when I heard that, I jumped back to, to the thought that I mentioned already before from Mike McAllister on Friday of saying, hey, recruiting people thought three, four, five years from now. Okay, so the next two years are clean, and then when, when people thought this was going to happen, maybe that's when it starts. I, I don't know. And, and you know, maybe maybe the next two years, people wait and see how Basley not only, do, Basley not only does getting drafted, 
but what he does that first and second year in the NBA uh, or, you know, at post-draft um, to make their decision. I, I don't know. I think that there's a lot riding on his success as far as the future of this goes. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we're going to bring on Alan Griffin. We'll get his thoughts on this situation, find out from him when the coaching staff learned of this, what's next for SU men's basketball. So keep it here. We'll get to Griff on the other side, and then full lines will be open the rest of the way, and we want to hear from you on this topic. Keep it here. Orange Nation just getting started on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen, Seth, back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. Full lines open the rest of the way at 315-437-7644. I want to get back to to something Stephen North Syracuse just touched on in in the last segment with his call. And and he said, what would you rather have, the the one-and-done guys or... You know, juniors and seniors on your roster that have a lot of experience that are really good players. And and both, you know, Michigan and Villanova, they've got experience to go along with talent, right? I came across this this article today uh, from Mike DeCourcy in the Sporting News. And he goes back to 2001, which happens to be the last time Michigan signed a McDonald's All-American, which that surprises me. I would not think that it's been a 17-year drought for the Michigan basketball program uh, to sign a McDonald's All-American. But that's the case. 2001 was the last time they had a McDonald's All-American in their program. Since then... 2001, by the way, would have been like kid growing up watching, right? Would have been like eight years old watching the Fab Five? Fab Five, right. I mean, we're not even a decade removed from the Fab Five at that point. So that surprises me. Um, since then, so since 2001, there have been two national champions that have not had any McDonald's All-Americans on the roster. So all the other champions since 2001, aside from two, had at least one McDonald's All-American on the roster. The two exceptions, Maryland in 2002 and UConn in 2014. So there's that part of the argument. The other part of the argument is what you said to me. I the UConn one. I thought, I don't know, I thought UConn had somebody who was a McDonald's All-American. I got the I got the Maryland one in the break. That was you the, did. That was the first team I mentioned. And so your response to me was, well, how many... Teams that were predominantly led by one-and-done players won a national title. And that is two as well. And it's it's a fascinating argument because how, how do you walk that fine line between having a group that is very, very young and very, very talented? It's only worked out twice. Right. Since the one-and-done rule. Since the one-and-done. So in, in the last 13 to 15 years, yeah. it, only Anthony, two. Anthony Davis, Kid Gilchrist, that insane team. They had somebody else on that team. I'm blanking on the Harrison Twins? No. That no. was later. I'm trying to think. I can't remember. But they had somebody else on that team. And then the Julia Okafor, Justice Winslow. The Duke team. Uh, Grayson Allen, Duke team. So it's happened twice. So it's it's that argument of what would you rather have? The the group that's predominantly won and done uh, or the, the veteran team that's made up, you know, of juniors and seniors and, you know, you've got talent, but it's not the guys that were the... You know, the highest-ranked recruits coming out of high school. But they were pretty good, obviously. They weren't top 10, but they were top 25. And that's, and they and that's what you years. see with Villanova. I mean, that's what you see with Michigan. Well, and that's what we've seen with UNC. Sure. Right? UNC has managed to find this sweet spot where they can keep the highly recruited players that they get for three and four years. Right? They've, they've managed to find this sweet spot where they're getting McDonald's All-Americans. They're getting... High caliber, high quality recruits, and they're keeping them. Right. And I, I think that's what is kind of mind blowing for everybody else in this college basketball world because Duke is bringing in these insanely talented, high, high rated recruits. They leave after a year. 
Kentucky does it, and the plan is to have them leave after a year. Uh, you know, so how how a U how a UNC or, or even Villanova to that same extent managed to to balance that, I, I find really interesting. Marcus Teague was on that team as well. Yes, that's who it was. Kid Gilchrist, Kid Gilchrist, Teague, and and uh, Tyus Jones on the Duke team. Yes, um, it's. I mean, it's a fascinating argument. We could continue to talk about this. Let, let's go back to the phone lines, though. In the meantime, uh, Lewis and Clay up next on Orange Nation. Hey, Lewis. Hi, Steve. Um, uh, Darius is not a trailblazer. It was actually. Uh, uh, I just forgot his first name, but Williams, about eight years ago. And uh, he went straight from high school into the D-League. He was drafted by the Tulsa 66, which was basically the team connected with the Thunder. When he went into the NBA draft, he was drafted by the Heat. Latavius Williams, that's his name. And uh, they traded his rights over to the Thunder since, you know, he had done the one year with Tulsa 66. Unfortunately, he never played in the NBA, and he's playing in Europe. And if there was a system already in place where you saw high school students going directly now being called the G League, that would be one thing. But, you know, um, I thought Coach Griff took the high road, which is excellent for this program. But when you go to college and you're playing in front of 30,000 plus people and you're keeping your name out there, I think it's going to be difficult for him to keep the same sort of, okay, I'm a trailblazer mentality when in reality that trailblazer, Latavius Williams, never made it into the NBA. Well, there's a, here's a one difference between Baisley and, and Williams is that uh, Baisley was a top 10 recruit, you know, and, and, and Williams wasn't. And that's not to say that he wasn't a good player, uh, but they're at different levels. Uh, there are very different levels, uh, you know, of, of – talent in high school and the other thing that i would say is um i understand the want to to say oh well he's not going to get any exposure right like i can understand that desire to say that because like to me and to you and to the fans out there he might not get that exposure like i'm not going to be watching him on tv every single night that he plays a game he's not going to play in front of thirty thousand people but you know who, who he will be exposed to just as much if not more the nba scouts and the NBA teams, and and ultimately, isn't that what matters? The other difference between Latavius Williams and Darius Baisley is that Williams struggled to qualify academically. And as far as we know, and we asked that question to to Alan Griffin, and he said academics were not an issue, that this was strictly a basketball move. So in that regard, he is the first to... Pick the G League over going to college, and we appreciate the call, Lewis. And that, I mean, it's a it's a good um, it's a good comparison. It, it is a good comparison, um, but there but are the, differences. The, there are a few differences. As as Seth said, he wasn't you know considered a you know a top top recruit in the country, um, and he struggled to qualify academically. And that's it. Sounds like the reason that he backed out of going to Memphis was that he wasn't going to qualify, and that right. he had no other option. He couldn't go to college, and so he had to either go overseas or G League. He decided to stay close to home. He went to the G League, and uh, things and look, didn't work out and, all that well for him. And look, that's why we asked Griff, right? We asked, is there some kind of reason, academic or otherwise, that, that Darius could not come to SU, right? Is there some kind of a reason here that he could not come, or did he just want to go play in the G League? And, and Griff said he this was a basketball decision. You know, this was a future decision. He thought that that was the best way to go uh, for the future of his career. And and so that's what he chose. And in that regard, 
Uh, you know, is he a trailblazer? Who knows? I don't think we'll know for another five years. Well, he's a trailblazer either way. <laughs> yes, um, it either works or doesn't. You know, he's the first to do it in that regard, that he was, you know, McDonald's All-American who had college, knew where he was going, committed, and then said, you know what, I'm going to go play in the G League instead, and we will see how it works. If this is truly a basketball decision, and, and we have, I guess, no reason to believe it's anything but, I mean, we've asked the questions, and based on the information we have, that as far as we know, it's not academic-related, again, as far as we know, it's not, there was any sort of eligibility issue that was going to come to light that... You know, like a, a Billy Preston. Again, I'm just throwing his name out there because we saw that at Kansas right. where he went to Kansas and there was questions about, you know, how he got this car and, you know, he's got to sit he's out. Playing until, in Slovenia. Yeah, and it was, well, he can't play until we figure this out. As far as we know, there was, there was nothing along those lines with Darius Baisley. Now, if there is, that you would understand, I think, a little bit better why he chose to go to the G League. If this strictly is a basketball decision, to me it's a little head-scratching. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look, I'm curious to see how it plays itself out. Uh, it's head-scratching, as I said off the top of the show, Steve. It's head-scratching because we know what to expect when you go to college, right? We know that if you're Anthony Davis and you're a top high school recruit, that if you go to college and you do what you're supposed to or something close to what you're supposed to, you're going to get drafted high. We know that if you're Marvin Bagley and you do what you're supposed to and you're one year at Duke— you're going to get drafted high. We don't know two things. We don't know what you are supposed to do as a high schooler going to the G League, right? Like, we don't know the numbers you are, quote-unquote, supposed to put up. And we also don't know that if you don't put those, like, what happens if you do or don't put those numbers up? We don't know. Well, we know that NBA scouts draft on potential. So even if he goes to the G League and he's a disappointment or he struggles to get minutes or the numbers aren't quite there, you know, he can go to the combine and he's going to be 18 years old at this time next year. I mean, he turns 19 next June. So right around the time of the draft, he's turning 19 years old. We know the NBA drafts on potential. So I'm not saying he's not going to be, you know, a first round pick or a lottery pick even. I don't know. I just, I would be surprised if he had a quote unquote good year this year in the G League. I would be surprised by what that. What constitutes, like, to, to the point that I just made, what constitutes a good year? Double digit scoring okay. and, you know, I don't know, half a dozen rebounds a game. Like, if he's 10 and six, and 6 or whatever, yeah, whatever. Something like that. That's okay. He went there. That's a good year. My guess is he's going to go like six points, three boards, and get like 12 minutes a game. Again, I I don't know. I have just, no I'm, idea. I don't know yeah. either. I'm throwing that out there, but I the more I think about, why would you be motivated to play him? Right. There's no motivation to play him at all. And is he ready to come in and compete against guys who are ten years men? older than yeah. him? I I, I, don't I don't know. So we'll, we'll it, see what happens. It, I would be surprised if he had a good year. It brings up an interesting question that I, that I'd seen. I, I wish I remembered where I saw it because I would I would give credit. But uh, of the G League building at some point, building a team that is not affiliated with any NBA team that is essentially solely for this purpose, right, of, of like, developing, like, like where guys who don't want to play in college can go kind of a thing, or guys who are not signed with a, an NBA team can go, and, and, you know, there's not an emphasis on, well, you're never going to play for our parent club, we don't care. I think that's an intriguing idea. Again, not going to happen for a couple years because what if he's the only one who ever does it? Then those teams don't do anything. 
but an intriguing idea. I like your idea that you can draft a guy and send him to I your like G League team, but it costs you a draft pick. Like right. if you use a draft pick, if the on New York him, Knicks he's yours. Dra- if the Knicks want to draft him in the first round this year, they're allowed. Then he has, but he has to go play in Westchester or overseas. Yeah, you know if if a team says. Hey, you know, it's not worth it to to have to wait a year. We're going to draft him in the second round. Okay, great. But you're now property of that team yes. who drafted you in the second round. I think that has to happen because this, I think that makes the most sense. This whole like going to the G League, but you're basically going there for a year and then you get thrown into the draft. It, the motivation for those teams to play that guy, it's it's just it's not. not there. We got to get back on time. We got to take a timeout. Hour number two of Orange Nation kicks off right after this. But first, here's Max with a Sports Center update. Live from Armory Square. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Hour number two of Orange Nation underway on ESPN Radio. Phone lines open the rest of the way at 315-437-7644. We'll get to some more of Jim Beheim's comments on the Darius Baisley situation as hour number two moves along. But first to the phone lines we go, Dave in Syracuse kicking off hour number two on the show. Hey, Dave. Hey, Steve. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah. I'm hoping you guys can clear up a couple of questions I have. Um, initially, I was so um, confused by this because I always thought the G League or the Deve- Developmental League as a minor leagues for the NBA. Thus, I said, how can a kid go to the G League when you're not allowed to be in the NBA until you're whatever it is, 20 years old, after one year of college or at least a certain age? 19 or so, a year removed from high school is the NBA rule. Right. So, um, as I understand it, now, Tyler Lydon uh, doesn't make the Nuggets roster. They send him down to their G League team, correct? Correct. So, these teams are made up both of guys that are affiliated with a team and guys that aren't affiliated with anything. Yes. So, they they do have a draft, even though a lot of their players actually come from the NBA team. Yeah, no, there, so, there's both. Well, I wouldn't say a lot of their players come from the NBA team. I, I don't know that. I mean, they each NBA team gets two two-way players who uh, would spend more time with the G League team than the NBA team, and then they can okay. also send down any player who's within his first three years. Okay, so then when they do that, does that take the roster spot of another guy that's on the team? I would assume so. I would imagine, yeah. Okay, so... I'm wondering what the impetus is for a, a team to play a guy like Darius Baisley over a kid they're wanting to take a look at. Dave, we got the same to... question. We've got the same question. I, I don't know the okay. answer to that. I, I, we don't because we've never seen it before, but it, it's a good question. because they, What's their motivation? What's their motivation exactly. to, to try and develop that guy? Because in a year, they're throwing him into the draft. Right. If the Knicks, if if he goes to drafted by the Knicks uh, minor league team or G League team, he probably never goes to the Knicks or it never has a chance to go to the Knicks. So what do they care about what he does down at that level? I, I just don't understand the whole dynamic. Yeah, I, I think it's a fair question to ask. I mean, that's the question that I was asking. Uh, that was the first thing that popped into my mind last week when we heard about this. Um, you know, Steve, I know you've been asking as well. And you know. Uh, maybe maybe it's worth asking, but uh, don't the Crunch deal with this? You know, don't the don't the Chiefs deal with this? Like where you've got guys on your roster who are property of your parent club and who are you know gonna get called up and presumably you know gonna go up and down throughout the year, and then you got guys who aren't right and and are assigned essentially to AHL only deals or AAA only deals. 
uh, you know, minor league contracts. And what's their future, right? What What is the benefit? What is the, the benefit to playing them other than your team got better, right? Like, other than winning, which, look, if you ask me, winning in minor league sports is not the though, point. The difference, though, is that if you've got a triple-A guy and he all of a sudden has a breakout year, there's only one team he's going to. He's going to the parent club. If he's good enough, they will they will pull him up. Well, maybe not. If he's only on a one-year deal, he's not with you next year. No, I understand. I'm saying that he is oh, the property that of that organization, can... though. I'm saying even if you don't have plans for him, but you know, let's say he blows up and he's having you know he's having an amazing season, it, like you, you get first crack at him, like you can do whatever you want with him. Whereas, you know, in the in the G League, it truly is you're renting him for a year. Like even if you love him, what do you you can't you can't promote him, right. you can't put him in the NBA by by rule. And even if you love him, you have to hope that you have a high enough draft pick where you can get him the following draft. So it's, I understand the analogy and it's the best comparison that we have present day, but it's different in that if a guy is, if you are so impressed by a guy, like he's, he's in your franchise, so you can promote him, you can sign him, you, I mean, you can do whatever you want. Whereas with Darius Baisley, he's, he's there on that team right. for a year and there's nothing you can do about it. You throw him into the NBA draft and you roll the dice and you see what happens. I've got a potentially dumb question, and before I say it, I'm going to check around. You're not going to say it out loud? I, I'm worried. All right, we'll talk about it during the break. <laughs> Pat and Syracuse up next on the show. Hey, Pat. I want to first talk about Steve counting to nine. Um, if Jim Beheim did let the cat out of the bag with nine, I, I, Howard Washington, according to the last Syracuse.com article, was six-and-a-half-month rehab before he was potentially going to be cleared and, you know, some players are going to heal faster, some are going to – but let's just use six months as – yeah, that would be about se- September. Now, I had known there was some rumblings based on the uh, playing time available for Howard Washington that, 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 that the thought was potentially there coming off an ACL surgery and with him being the fifth guard that um, he could redshirt. Now, with Baisley out of the mix and potentially Tyus out of the mix, I mean, look, I just don't like, as a diehard fan, being strung along with Tyus. And I'm not saying that, you know what, it is, it is what it is. I choose to be a fan, as does everybody listening to your, to your show. So, you know, it's not well with me. But the, but the point is, if, if they, it is interesting that he did say nine. How, how do you take what he said about nine? I mean, I don't think he thinks battle's gone. I, I think I'll be honest with you, Pat. To still be made. What, what, Pat, what is your take on this nine? I'll be honest with you. When Steve said it, and he said some other things that I wanted to touch on, I wanted to get back to that, and I, I just never did. It could very, he could very well be referring to Howard Washington. I mean, again, he got hurt in late January, so he could be referring to. You know, I don't, I don't, I didn't take that as Tyus has gone either way because he, it right, could be Howard. You know, it could be Howard Washington red shirts. So he's not going to be ready. Or again, I, I took it as. They're deep enough. Like that's how I took. You know, if Jim Beheim said we've got nine guys next year, I take that from Jim Beheim as saying we have enough pieces. You know, he only plays seven or eight, as you know, Pat. Anyway, um, right. I, I, that that's how I take the number nine. That we have enough. Yeah, I almost took but, it as like we've got nine that we but, know, and then if Tyus comes back, it's you know gravy on top of it, kind of a thing. I, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I I just and and there are people in this town that that, that don't understand what what we talked about last week. He could declare, and then he has what till May, whatever it was. To I mean, just like the because middle of he May. declares that, that that doesn't mean anything. 
Right. He could, as long as he doesn't hire an agent. Yeah, we know, we all know the rules. As you well know, Pat, you know, he could go to the combine. He's got to decide by the end of April uh, whether or not he's going to at least test the waters. And then if he doesn't hire an agent, he can go through the combine, which is the middle of May. And then he's got a few weeks after that. I think the combine starts May 15th, if I'm not mistaken. I don't have the dates in front of me. And then he's got a few weeks after that to, to decide. Um, yeah, one, one more quick thing on, on Baisley. Uh, from what I've heard is his visit here, uh, there was at least one player that he did not get along with. And I, I, I'm, I'm just putting that out there. And I, I hate to start the rumorville, but you know what? This kid, uh, from what Beheim said, was a great character. And, and who am I to question him? But you know what? Sometimes... It's not about the sum of the parts. It's, it's, it's about the chemistry, and I, I think this team proved this year had good chemistry, and if they have four starters back, if Tyus leaves, that's a pretty good start. So all's not lost in Orange Nation. Thanks, guys. All right, appreciate it, Pat. Uh, look no further than the two teams in the national title game tonight. Yeah. When you look at, is it you know talent versus chemistry? Well, it, it, it helps to have both. You need to have both, obviously. Villanova has both. Villanova has talent, and they've got chemistry. Michigan has talent and chemistry. But as we said, Michigan hasn't had a McDonald's All-American on its roster since 2001. Right. You know, some, it, some of it has to do, and I would say a lot of it has to do with John Beeline, right? And at Villanova, some of it has to do, and I would say a lot of it has to do with Jay Wright, that they... They recruit for their system and their program, and Jim Beheim does the same thing here. So you need both. You need talent. You need chemistry. And you know you you don't want a talented team that doesn't have chemistry. We saw that two years ago. Yeah, last year. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, two seasons ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, two dates to keep in mind: April 22nd, the last day for early entry uh, eligibility, so the last day for underclassmen to declare. June 11th. The last day to withdraw and return to school. Yeah, so they've got until June eleventh. They've got until uh, April twenty second to, to say we're going to test the waters, right. and then as long as you don't hire an agent, you leave the opportunity to to come back. Right. Um, exactly. I think there are two deadlines. I think the co- there's a college deadline and an NBA oh, deadline with be. the withdrawing. I think the college deadline is slightly earlier than that. I think the combine's like the fifteenth, and I think they've got like ten. To 14 days to inform you know their school slash the NCAA whether or not they're coming back. I think the NBA deadline is a little bit later than that, so maybe that would take into I account. That would take into account European players. I would I would assume that a European player could pull their name out uh, leading up to right. to June 11th. Um, but I think the college deadline, if I'm not mistaken, is a little bit earlier than that. I'm doing some quick searching. All right. Well, we got to take a timeout anyway. We'll get the answer to May that. May 30th. May 30th. Okay. That's that's along the lines of what I thought. So they had till the end of May to inform their school slash the NCAA that they're coming back. And then the uh, the NBA deadline's the 11th. To, to use the example of the day, the other deadline could impact Baisley next year. Yeah. Where he could go, go through the motions, and then be like, eh, I'm not going to get drafted in the first round. <laughs> I'm going to stay in the G League? I don't know. Go overseas? I yeah. don't know. No, I, know. I don't know. All right, we're going to take a time out. Everything's on the table now, isn't it? We we may or may not hear your question when we come back. May or may not. I'm going to tune in just to find out if we hear your question. <laughs> we're back after this on ESPN Radio. This is Orange Nation with Stephen Fonte and Seth Goldberg. Stephen Seth back with you on a Monday edition of Orange Nation. I don't know whether to be happy or upset about my pool. We checked during the break. If Villanova wins, I finish third in the office yes, pool. free money. Which is very exciting. 
Um, but we look deeper, and if Grayson Allen's shot went in at the end of regulation to beat Kansas, <laughs> the two of us, I would be in first place. <laughs> we would have finished one and two. How if, did that happen? If Villanova won and Duke had gotten to the Final Four, we would have finished one two in the office bowl. How did that happen? I'm terrible at picking a bracket, too. Like, if you look at mine, I am awful at picking these. So I don't know if, like, I'm... Should I'm glad a, that you pointed this yeah. out because I was just like going along like I'd gotten over the fact that, okay, this year didn't go well with the brackets. You would have had no idea, by the way. If if I didn't tell you, you would have had no idea no. Villanova would have won. And, I would have been like, eh, okay. Nick Main would have contacted you? Yeah, I would have had an envelope show up. And <laughs> yeah. I'd, oh, wow. He would just walk in one day and you would be like, what is this? Pleasant surprise. So I guess I'll go with pleasant surprise. Um, it was not a pleasant surprise for the Orange that Darius Baisley decided to go to the uh, the G League. You like that's what actually, I did there? Yes, that's actually how Trey Wingo started the question. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he goes, uh, you know, they were talking about the Final Four and like some of the good stuff, and he goes, uh, some not-so-good news from over the weekend, and Jim just like laughed. He was like, yeah, I think so. All right, let's hear more from Jim Beheim on ESPN Radio earlier today with Golik and Wingo. The odd thing, he wants to work out. He's a really good workout kid. He works hard. He will not play in a game or work out with an organized team until November. This is March, April. He's got April, May, June, July, August, September, October, where if he was in college, he'd work out for six weeks in the summer and then eight weeks before November 1st. So he's obviously going to be a lot further along. We have the training stuff, the weight rooms, the trainers, the everything you need to get better. That's why kids go to college. It's a great point. I mean, yeah. he is he is spot on with that. I thought that was a really interesting point, not something I'd thought about, uh, where, you know, this is a kid who, if he really wants to work out, like the Mellow Center is always open. And on top of that, six, week, six weeks with the coaches over the summer, eight weeks leading up to the season, um, and you know what? He's not going to get that in the G League because he won't be on a team until September, October. I mean, I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, it's curious, right? It makes you ask more questions, doesn't it? Let's get another one in uh, from Jim Behan. It's very hard now to go from the G League to the NBA because every NBA team has 17 players. Right. And... The G League has 300 players in it. How many of those guys, where's the room in the NBA for those guys? There isn't room. And they're not equipped to work kids out, have weight rooms, have strength and conditioning programs. The G League, maybe someday it'll get to be like that, but it's not like that right now. The NBA doesn't think it's like that right now. The one thing I'll say about that, Seth, is it's not like Darius Baisley is going to the G League and truly trying to work his way up through the G League into an NBA situation. No. He's going there for a year and then will be drafted. So I understand what Coach is saying, that if you go to the G League, it's hard to get an opportunity uh, in the NBA. But he's just going there for a year, make some money, and then and then he'll be drafted. And again, if he's a first-round pick, then that franchise is very much motivated to play him and they want him to work out because he gets the guaranteed money. Honestly, I think that comment would be more applicable to Andrew White, John Gillen, Chris McCullough, CJ Fair, that kind of player, right? That is right now in the D, in the G League, did not get drafted. There are three hundred something, four hundred fifty players, right? That Roughly comment in the would, NBA. would be more applicable if you were Jeremy Grant and things didn't work out with the Sixers. There you go. Because the other guys either had to go 
to the NBA because, or you know, G League in Andrew White and John Gillen's case because they were out of eligibility, or a guy like Leidner McCullough did get drafted in the first round and they got their guaranteed money, and then you know they couldn't cut it for whatever reason. Then well, they I, said McC- I said McCullough now because McCullough is what if Jeremy Grant didn't work out, but he went in the first round. So he got he got his money. Okay, but then, he got it. But but now he's now trying to get back and, and he's only in the G. I think it's it, it's more applicable. Let's put it that way. If it's yes, a guy who goes yes. in the second round and ends up in the G League and doesn't get a sniff of the NBA initially, and then is trying to work his way in and get that contract. At least McCullough got that contract initially. Right. I I do think it's to your point. It's different with Baisley because of what he's trying to do. Right. He's just trying to play one year and get out. All right, we got to uh, we got to get out. We got to take our final time out. We'll bring on uh, Max for today's business as we close out the show. Keep it here. Orange Nation wraps up after this.